Cape Talk Hiking with Tim Lundy. Hiking with Tim Lundy is brought to you by High Tech Sports. Hey, Tim Lundy, how are you? I'm very well, and yourself? I'm okay. When I read Hiking with Tim Lundy is brought to you by High Tech Sports, I kind of expect Tim Lundy to be decked out in high tech head to toe. I am. <laughs> So tell me how you've been keeping and what fantastic hike you've been hiking and are planning to hike. Yeah, so uh, let's start with what I did um, on Sunday. I went up um, a quick walk. I say quick, it was two and a half, three hours to get um, up to De Villiers Dam from Constantia Neck um, in preparation for this weekend. And as you know, the weather's coming in and uh, we're going up to Aranghi's Cop in Robertson. So if two and a half hours is a quick walk, how long is a normal walk? Around about four hours for me is a is a normal, four or five hours is a normal. Um, anything over that then starts to become long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like Marissa, who we spoke to last night, who runs marathons, whether it rains or shines, you hike whether it rains or shines. Correct, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so what does this mean for your gear? I mean, what do, what are you wearing when it's wet out? So for this weekend, we're having to prepare very carefully because the weather, as we know right now, there's a cold front that's hitting Cape Town and we are having to prepare wet weather gear and and warm gear as well because I think it's more the cold I'm concerned about than the wet. The wet you can always hold off, but if you're not warm, that's a lot more dangerous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the thing that's always been tricky for me is to be warm and dry at the same time because I often find that my... uh, Keep me warm clothes, don't keep me dry, and my keep me dry clothes don't keep me warm. And sometimes when I try to wear them together, it's an awful squish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, High Tech have actually got a three-in-one jacket um, that they've made with nice bright colors as well, which is fantastic because you can be spotted from a mile off. I was just going to say, in case you get lost yeah. or, or, or worse. And the the outer shell is waterproof, um, and it'll keep you very dry and then the inner the inner jacket which actually zips into the outer jacket so they become one jacket the inner is um fleece so you don't want to get that wet and you won't get it wet if you've if mm-hmm. you've got the the outer jacket on it so it keeps you warm as well as keeps you dry at the same mm-hmm. time but fleece well in my experience it, it dries very quickly as well though so if you do kind of get get wet in it and you have an occasion to shelter somewhere and take it off it doesn't take that long to dry but i've never been caught on a hike and gotten wet so <laughs> take, take that with a pinch of salt <laughs> yeah and no, fleece does actually get um it's not. Let's put it this way. It's not. It's not good to wear it when it's when it's damp. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's not good for trying to keep you warm. It's gonna do the opposite. Right, effect. right. So when you say it's a three-way, three-way jacket. So it's called three in one. Mm-hmm. And basically, you've got the two jackets, and then you have got the third mm-hmm. one, which is the two jackets together. So, so, so is it a, is it a three in one because it does three things, or is it a three in one because you can actually split it up into three items? No, so it splits up into two. But you okay. ha- essentially have three choices. So you can either just wear the fleece or you can wear the rain jacket or you can wear the fleece and rain jacket together um, in heavy. And I've um, a couple of years ago had a three-in-one. Then I was doing a padacop above um, uh, the tiny little town of Franchuk. And, um, yeah, that saved me because it actually started. We, we got stuck in a blizzard and... 
ice ice cold. I mean, we had obviously gloves on, we had beanie mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and obviously it comes with a hood as well. And yeah, that just keeps out. You know, the the fleece did its job of keeping me warm, and the the rain jacket just stopped the fleece from getting wet and me getting wet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we could carry on going. I just feel when you've got one of those things on, um, you can keep going for forever and ever. The the downside of them, unfortunately, is that they're not really ideal for like a small little hike. Mm-hmm. Um, because they are quite heavy, they're quite big. Right, right. But they, if you're doing serious stuff like I'm going to be doing this weekend, mm-hmm. then they're definitely mm-hmm. worth. So what do they weigh? I'm not terribly sure, but if you get two jackets and you you send like you put the two jackets on, <laughs> that's pretty that's, much what it feels like. They'll give you an idea. They'll yeah. give you an idea. Okay, so um, now. One of the questions from from my side also is provisions, because I was saying um, to uh, talking with a colleague th- this evening because I was having my my Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't sponsor me, but I just love. I'm a big Nando's fan. <laughs> so um, we, I was talking about you know, especially now in winter, yeah. one of my go to is it's quick. And it's tasty, and you you know you need half an hour to eat it. Is I like to get the Nando's, um, the casa pup with chicken livers. Yes, because it kind of keeps you warm and it makes you feel full. And I want that warm feeling, you know, in winter. So when you are now packing your your provisions for not your two hour hike, let's say you're going to do an all day hike. Yeah, what do you take with you? I think a two hour hike when we did um, up to the the dam the other day. The, one of the first things I packed was a flask. Yeah. So you get these flasks that will have just two cups of coffee in them. Mm-hmm. Um, my dear wife got me a flask that actually makes um, filtered coffee. So you actually got a plunger inside the inside the flask. Inside the flask. <gasps> so you've got spoiled. filtered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah, we we sat up there and had uh, filtered coffee, and it. It's. I tell you what, when you when you're cold and and it's a yeah, yeah it's and, really nice to have. And you, you're not just having coffee, you're having the coffee of your <laughs> choice. <laughs> exactly, yes. So, um, yeah, that and then just um, things like energy mm-hmm. for like bananas and, mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. That will keep you going. Okay, so join the conversation. We are talking with Tim Lundy um, about all things hiking, especially now hiking in the wet. If you have any questions for Tim, call us on 021-446-567 SMS. 31567 WhatsApp us on 0725671567 and of course you can tweet at Cape Talk. Now Tim you um take groups. I do, yeah. And what happens in this kind of weather? I mean, do you get kind of a different type of a hiker wanting to go out or do you get people wanting to go for shorter hikes? Yeah, look, I mean there there are people that don't like walking in the wet. Um I generally find it's because they're not prepared for it. I, right. I find if you're prepared for wet weather, it it is totally different to walking in, in, in the hot and has totally different challenges. But if you're prepared for it, it can actually be really special. Um, the one thing I will say is that when you're up there, you generally are alone. <laughs> so you won't yeah. have tons and tons of people on the mountain. So that's actually a plus. It is, yeah. yeah. So you kind of got the mountain to yourself. And it is – the plants are different and the yeah, everything the is different. Yeah, smells, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's completely different. So it is – it has has its ups to it. Um, at the moment right now on the mountain, the winds are just too strong. They're way too strong okay. at the moment. Okay. Um, when the When the winds came in this evening – Right. Um, we were having speeds of 80 to 100 kilometers an hour. 
Okay. Um, at the top of Plaza Club, which right. will blow you over. So, so where do you check this? Because like, my dad fishes from time yeah. to time. So I know he there's a website that he goes to, and there's even, I think there's a state radio station that he listens to that all they do is they give you tides, yeah. temperatures, conditions, you know. So where do you go to for that specific kind of information for hikers? Well, as we know with, with weather, it is so unpredictable in Cape Town. I'm not mm. sure what it's like in the rest of the world, but Cape Town especially can be very, very unpredictable. The Western Cape can be very unpredictable. Four seasons I've, in one day and exactly. so on. Yeah. So yeah. I've, been, I've been caught short a couple of times where a cold front is supposed to arrive at 5 o'clock and by 3 o'clock it's absolutely pelting down and we're caught in it. Um, so, but you've got to allow for that. And so one of the things I do, I've got three websites that I go to on my phone and all three of them will be slightly different, if not sometimes majorly different. And I try and find somewhere in between the three that is sort of an average. Yeah, yeah. So by doing that and by monitoring all three, you can kind of pick up a pattern as to what is actually going to happen. Today's weather, for instance, I was watching it the whole day because obviously we're going up to mm. Robertson to go and do this trail. So I'm having to watch it really, right, really carefully. Right. And it is pretty much doing exactly what it said it would do. And um, I actually quite enjoy reading weather when it when it comes in because it's it's like a challenge to try and see. You sort of look up at the clouds and go, well, mm. I reckon in about an hour's time, Table Mountain's going to disappear. Okay. So and it's sure kind of you challenging did. yourself on, yeah. on how good you've become on predicting and reading the weather based on what is happening around you and then what the experts are saying. And then Mother Nature throws in a curveball and <laughs> completely throws you out the window and you're completely wrong. And it just reminds you that she's in control and that you need to keep checking, keep checking and always prepare for the worst and hope for the best. So now one of the things to me is when you're um, doing anything that involves being outdoors, especially walking for long periods of time, is your footwear. Yes. And you were saying earlier about the weather and people not being prepared for, for the wet. Now I know that I, I don't mind, you know, I can be a little cold, mm. I can be a little wet, but I do not like Wet Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and especially with hiking socks on, which are big, thick, thick woolen. Exactly. And they just suck up all uh, the water. It would just frustrate me so badly. <laughs> so, yeah, they, a lot of the shoes you get now, a lot of the boots that you get now have got waterproofing. And there are different variations of waterproofing. I mean, some will say they can. Mm. So I often like to, with, with boots that I, that I try out for, for different people, is I, I will go and find a puddle and I'll walk through the puddle and, and push it and try and see mm, what actually see what happens. See what you get, yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say the majority of shoes these days definitely have got that coating that will keep it off. The bad thing, though, is that that coating doesn't always last. They do get weathered and they do that, that coating does wear off and eventually the water will get in. But there are products that you can buy that can help um, keep that moisture out and keep the boot where it needs to be. Like we used to have Dubbin on the leather Breeze, shoes and I stuff. Dubbin, yeah. They've got they've got newer uh, products now that uh, that are even more sophisticated than the Dubbin and easier to apply. And you can actually even get that on your rain jackets as well because the rain jacket coating as well doesn't always last forever. You know, the wear and tear I will eventually mm-hmm. will eventually um, stop it from from being as Mm-hmm. Effective as it was when you first bought it, but again, you can buy products from all leading mm. stores that outdoor stores. Right. They you can basically mix it in, put it into the washing machine, mm-hmm. mix the stuff in, and uh, coat it, and it basically absorbs it back mm-hmm. into the material, 
and will then repel the water Mm -hmm. when you go hiking. So I'm a social hiker. I used to be a serious hiker when I was very young with my dad because my dad was a serious hiker. Yeah. Know the feeling. But yeah, (laughs) you know, so I'm a social hiker. So one of the things that comes to my mind is um, when when you are in the rain and the rain is running down your jacket, Yes. what bottoms are you wearing? Because I know just from myself normally, you know, uh, being in the city, going from point A to point B to work or whatever, if you're out in in the wet, um, your top off is dry. But your, your bottom, bottom off, off is, is yes, because it's all running down onto your, your jeans usually or whatever you, you know, you've gotten at the bottom. I've got to be honest with you. I've yet to find a pair of pants that have come up for the job. There are pants out there. They're very, very expensive. I haven't bought a pair of them yet. The ones that I use from time to time, and I'll probably take them this weekend. In fact, I will definitely take them this weekend just because it's a precautionary thing, is wet weather pants that go over your pants. Mm-hmm. The problem with them is they don't breathe. So right, right. you're walking and they keep and the, your the body, rain and everything else out. They do, yeah. but yeah. the problem is that you get hot, hot. because mm. your body can't breathe. Mm. So you start to sweat, and mm. of course your pants get wet. Not very comfortable, and, and you end up feeling like you might as well not worn them anyway because everything's wet, as yeah. wet as it was if you weren't wearing them. Right, right. So, but there are products out there, but as I say, they are very, very expensive, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and. Maybe one day I will get a pair that I can test out and, and try, and, <laughs> and I'll get back to you on that one. That works. That works both ways. And <laughs> and what about hands? Gloves. Gloves. Um, in fact, you've just reminded me. I've got nice big mittens that are waterproof that I inherited from my father, which will definitely be coming with me on this weekend because <laughs> just normal gloves, woolen gloves will be yeah. a total, or cotton will be a total waste of time mm. because it'll just it'll be wet in no time. Yeah. 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 And and then also very uncomfortable, I'm sure. Yeah. And also, I mean, if your hands are wet, they're going to be cold. They're cold. You're kind of defeating the whole mm-hmm. purpose of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, if you can keep gloves and, and keep warm, um, extremities are always the first things to start going when it gets really, really cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a beanie or even just the, the hood. I normally have the beanie and then I put the hood over the top of that. So now just, you know, coming from that background of I'm kind of a social hiker at the moment, but I do like that feeling of getting out because one of the things that that also happens to me in winter is I get to a point where um, you'll see me walking around in sandals and I go into the office and people are like in winter. Yeah. They're like, it's not that hot, <laughs> but it's just I get to a point where I can't have my feet covered another day. Yeah. You know, it's like I, they just they just need to get out a little bit more. So from that perspective, I also every once in a while will go up um, Lion's Head in. Um, in not, please don't tell me you go up in flip flops. No, no, <laughs> not in flip flops. I was going to say in winter. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was going to be a slightly more adventurous, you yes. know, because I do, I do. Get a bit of FOMO when I listen to you and, and the long <laughs> hikes because it reminds me, you know, of, of when I was a kid hiking with my dad. So if, you know, I get like a huge attack of FOMO and I say, okay, now I'm going to go and do a proper hike. Yeah. I'm not going to just do, you know, two hours or one and a half hours obbing around on blah, blah, blah. What advice do you have for me on as a beginner going out and buying, you know, some kind of basic kit, keeping in mind that I'm not a serious yeah. hiker and I don't want to go and pay two or three thousand rand to put a kit together that I might only end up wearing that one sure. time. 
Look, the one thing I will say, the one most important thing, if you're going to go out in cold weather and you need to try and keep dry, what you're really trying to do is keep your core warm and keep that dry. By keeping it dry, you're going to keep it warm. If it starts to get wet, it's going to start to get cold. You, you've kind of lost the battle. Mm-hmm. So your extremities can get wet. Your legs, your shoes, it's uncomfortable, but you can survive with it. Right. What happens is from your stomach all the way up to your neck, if that starts getting cold where all your vital organs are, yeah. you're in trouble. So as a beginner hiker, what I would say is try and focus on trying to keep that warm and keep it dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go and spend tons and tons of money. You've got warm tops, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and then just get a, a rain jacket right. that mm-hmm. would be waterproof. And there's waterproof and then there's waterproof. Um, make sure mm-hmm. it's not like the sort of anoraks that we used to have when we would go to school where it would – Hold the rain off, but it certainly no. wouldn't be waterproof. You'd get to school and you'd still be wet. Yeah. No, that's interesting because, sorry, I saw this uh, label, rain resistant, and I thought, I'm sure that's just a funny way of saying not totally waterproof. Correct. Because so it resists the rain, but not forever and ever. So it's so waterproof will mm-hmm. repel it. So a downpour, would you're sunk. Water, waterproof. But a little water resistant. Or a, you basically mm-hmm. standing in the shower. Right. For a little bit, you, is that it, how you it, test would, it? it would run off. Okay, but five minutes later, I promise you, you'll be you'll wet. Be, you'll be wet. Okay, it's so so what you need is waterproof, waterproof not rain yeah. resistant or so, water resistant. Yeah. You need waterproof. Proof. To and there are, mm-hmm. again, there are different levels of proof. The higher the numbers, generally, I'm not quite sure how their numbers work, but I've been told the higher the numbers. Um, Go, I've the, learned something the, now. The, the better. It's like it's like thread count in cotton. Exactly. Wow. So it's, it's thread count, and it's the amount of thickness mm-hmm. of the the waterproofing that that you really have to have an absolute right. bucket of rain to mm-hmm. to get through that that level of waterproofing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions that I also want to ask you is because you're also involved with rescues. Yes. So in wet weather. You know, um, what do I, I've got two questions. What do I, as the the novice hiker, need to kind of be aware of or be careful of so that I don't become a rescue in wet weather? I would say be, before you even got onto the mountain, Mm -hmm. make very sure that you've got absolutely everything with you that you need as like a map so you know where you're going. You've told people where you're going. You've got the right kind of gear in your backpack that are gonna, that's going to keep you warm. And again, don't if you're going for two, three hours, don't plan for two, three hours. Plan for 24 hours. I thought you were going to say plan for double, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, you're plan, going. Plan yeah. because, you know. You never know, yeah. I don't know how many times we've had people go out for two, three-hour hikes and they end up being stuck on Table Mountain um, and, and, and stuck in the – the bathrooms, the, the men's bathroom, where you can actually get a blanket. I think there's one blanket. I'm not sure if there's any more than that. But you will be dry and you'll, you'll stay safe. But they plan to two, three-hour hike, and then they can't get down because the cable car is shut down. Um, Platter Clip is, is too windy. It's mm-hmm. too dangerous. And trying to go the other way, you're just walking away from the city, walking onto the back table. Right. So, yeah, try and plan for spending a night on a mountain, but hoping that mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. But rather have it and not need it than need it ne- and not, not have it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Famous Boy Scout words, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So now the other question relating to that is, what is the most common type of rescue that occurs in wet weather? 
I mean, what is the most common thing that people do um, that gets them into trouble in wet weather and occasions you to come out and, and need to be the rescue crew? I'm going to go broad and say ill-prepared. So basically you don't have the right map, so you don't know where you're going. You have an idea where you want to go, but then you find a path and you think it's the path that you should be on and it ends up not being the path. Now you're lost. The weather closes in. And now you're even more lost because now you can't actually see your way back down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that is quite a common one. Um, hypothermia at the time of the year, very common. Wow. Um, where people just go out and they may have a warm top. and, and mm-hmm. But if you really get stuck in really bad weather that you just weren't watching. And again, getting back mm-hmm. to watch the forecast before you've even got onto the mountain. Make sure that you know what's coming. Um yeah, if you get caught in, in that, you're in, you're in big trouble. And it can be, yeah, hypothermia can, can mm-hmm, set in. Mm-hmm. Lo- you know, I've been on the mountain late at night. And I mean, Table Mountain, just for instance, tonight, Table Mountain, I would guesstimate up top there with the winds, wind chill factor, you're probably looking at about minus two. So, you know, you, you're talking about hypothermia. And um, a few years ago, I... I lived in the states for a short while and i must tell you the snow terrified me because <laughs> no seriously because i kept thinking if you get stuck somewhere late and at night you, and it snows and then um in fact there was an incident where um in the the little town where we lived one of the teenagers um died because mm. they decided to walk somewhere at night and they never got to where they were going yeah and uh, at the point that somebody realized hey where's tim yeah. oh no tim's going to george okay tim's going to george and then a couple of hours later you go but tim should have been back by now yeah you know and then you phone george and tim never got to george mm. and this kid just you know died in the in the snow and they said what when they explained it um, on the news they said they think that what happened is you're so cold you start to walk slower and slower yeah. as, and you don't realize and then you just you no. just stop and again one of the other things i've got to say please don't walk alone somebody asked me that today if i want to go walking alone i said let me stop you right there please don't and they're like why not right. i enjoy walking alone i'm sure you do you're not going to enjoy it when things go wrong and you're on your own because then you're really on your own. Mm, mm. There's nobody there to help you. And that's when you really realize how dangerous it can actually be. Mm. And also the other main thing is tell somebody where you're going or mm-hmm. tell somebody who knows the route where you're going and uh, then stick to that route. Right. Don't veer off that route because mm. we've often as well been told this is the route they went on. And of course, and we search it flat out and oh. we're in a completely wrong area because the guy changed his mind on yeah. his own. Yeah. So I think what happens is people kind of take, let's say, we take it for granted because yeah. it's just there. It's, exactly. You know, it's smack bang in the middle of the city. Yeah. So we look at it like, I think like like tourists getting out in Kruger National Park to get close to the lions to take a picture. Yeah. Because they they think, well, they're just there. They see them on, on TV. They've been driving around them and they've been very non-threatening. So they think it's safe. They can just, you know, do yeah. whatever. But it's still, in the case of the lions, it's still a wild animal. And, and in the case yes, of mountain. whichever mountain, it's still, it's still a mountain. Exactly. It's still a mountain. And, and mm. all the rules apply. I mean, you could get, I don't know, bitten by a snake. Well, I had a chap today ask me um, probably at about one o'clock. Um, 
would it be all right if um he, would it be okay if he went up lion's head now and i said no it wouldn't be and he was like well, but why not it's such a clear day i said you're right now it is i said come and talk to me in an hour and a half and i promise you if you're lucky if you see lion's head that'll be amazing and sure enough an hour and a half later it was, it was gone. gone yeah yeah and then it's a totally different ball game the temperatures dropped visibility has dropped um, and I looked at the gear he was wearing and I was like, those are not the great shoes. And he says, no, no, I'm a good hiker. I said, I don't care how good you are. <laughs> like, you know, those shoes are not going to make it. They, they really, you really are risking it. Because mm-hmm. I think also a lot of times people think that just kind of ordinary tackies or running shoes, um, because they're comfortable in it and because they have a good range of movement in it, mm-hmm. they think, okay, well, that's fine. Um, I can use these. And to me, it seems, and again, total novice, but it seems like um, you need to be, you need the right tools for the job. Correct. You know, and I think a lot of times the tread, for example, is not the same. You get, a, it's a lot more slippery when you hit pebbles and the mm. ground is not firm and packed, the sand's not packed beneath your feet. And I think people just don't get it because walking, they see hiking as walking. Yeah. Like the person you spoke to. He's Correct. just going for a walk. Yeah. So he doesn't see the harm in it and not understanding that, but you're not walking around your neighborhood for a couple of blocks to the park and back, you know, where it's a more th- controlled I environment. Think, yeah, I think if you, you know, tackies are not brilliant, but there are routes that you can do. Um, to give you an example, the contour path above Newlands Forest. If you're staying on that path, then then they're kind of all right. But don't try and do skeleton gorge in them. You firstly, you're going to destroy them, and secondly, they just don't have the grip. They're not meant for that kind of terrain where you hmm. you really are pushing, and you're on very slippery conditions. Then you're just asking for trouble. But if you're going to go the pipe track, paratakis is not too bad. It's going to be uncomfortable because they again they're not designed for it. So you're going to feel every single rock and every single stone, and after two three hours, your feet are going to start to really ache. Because you're not getting that support from mm-hmm. that shoe, mm-hmm. but if you you know if you're running, then yeah, then they're fine. You're on a flat surface and it's okay. But yeah, if you just got a normal kind of shoe, then they, you're shortening the life of that shoe, and you also are going to struggle after mm-hmm. a period of time. So now, just just a question that you may or may not be able to answer, but it's a thing that always becomes a. Let's not say an argument. Let's say a, a debate, dis- a, d- debate <laughs> a discussion point <laughs> with myself and my, my siblings is if we do plan to go for a walk, um, and by a walk, I mean if we want to do a lion's head, I'm happy to just take a bottle of water. And uh, one of my sibs is always wanting to have an energade or a, and I'm like, it's just in your head. It's not, it's not really going to provide you with anything extra. Am I wrong? I would say rather take the energy than nothing at all. Um, but if I had a choice between the energy and the water, I would definitely take the water. And again, how much water are you taking? The energy is only, I think, 500 mils. Mm. Um, the recommended amount is a liter and a half to two liters per person, regardless of what the walk is. And again, it goes back to that I plan for two hours. Right. You know what? When it when it turns into fifteen hours, trust me, that three liters is going to come in very very handy. Tim, it's been great, but we're heading up to the news, so I'm going to say thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I look forward to hearing about the next one, and sure. I'm going to try this 
non-novice hiking <laughs> one of these while I go and <laughs> try and climb Aranki's Corp in nasty weather you do that <laughs> At High Tech, they are driven by the belief that the outdoors is for everyone, no matter who you are or where you are from. You deserve to experience what the outdoors has to offer. In a world where we spend 90% of our lives indoors, they're here to give people the freedom to explore a little further and enjoy the moments that unfold. Each season, High Tech evolves their design and technologies, all with a single purpose in mind, to get the world outside. Thank you, Tim. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you.